Welcome to Road Noise. Buckle up as we explore God's faithfulness, reflecting on 50 years of full-time ministry. We're taking lessons from the unique life and ministry of Sheldon and Victoria Rhodes as they share the gospel crisscrossing North America. I'm your host, Kedron Rhodes, and each episode, I sit down with my dad, Sheldon, and we travel back in time, retracing the lessons God was teaching and mapping them to life today. This scenery may have changed, but God's faithfulness remains the same. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Road Noise. I feel like every time we jump into this, uh, we're getting closer and closer to, I think, a, a, what feels like a rhythm or feels like we're, we know which story that we're trying to explore, which is great because we get, you know, entirely sure where we, when we started, we're like where, where this was going to take us, <laughs> which feels to me like maybe the nature of this uh, podcast, we, we'd been talking about just calling it road noise. <laughs> Sometimes that feels really fitting. Just, you know, hey, yep. it, it, it's, it's stories from the road. <laughs> yeah, we're going down the road. Do we know where this road goes though? <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for, lucky for us, I guess. And those that are along for the ride it's you're looking in the rearview mirror so you at least know where the road's been (laughs) (laughs) know what it looked like yeah i know what it looked like yeah yeah Yeah. so um we were just chatting about where we left off the last conversation and if memory serves me right you were you just upgraded a vehicle one that could potentially tow your living quarters halfway across the country down to Nashville, Tennessee, where you had a job waiting for you and where you could put roots down in the music capital of the U.S. I tell you, life is good, man. I'm on a roll. (laughs) My dreams are coming true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're still like summer of, was it 69? Somewhere in there? Summer of 67. 67. Okay. So summer of 67. And... I I mean, I don't know how many times I've made that that passage from Michigan to South Dakota with you and sometimes without you, but all of my memories are on the highway and paved roads and all that. What was travel like in 67 out west? Well, we still had um, uh, covered wagons and horses. <laughs> and... I thought that's where you're going to go. <laughs> I'm no, in the I... wall drug. I know what's there. <laughs> No, actually, uh, you know, like I said, I had a car and the roads between South Dakota and Michigan were actually paved. And so, you know, I mean, uh, um, not all interstates like we have now. So uh, two lane, two lane roads for for miles and miles. Yes. Um, Interstate 90 was still under construction. So parts of it was open and other parts weren't so forth. But uh, yeah, so... Like I said, life is good. It's me and my dog. <laughs> yep. Remember, I still got that yep. little puppy. Yep. And, Remind me again, uh, what was your what was your puppy's name? Uh, that was uh, Snoopy. Snoopy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, That's an appropriate name. <laughs> Peanut, Peanuts and Snoopy was real, real popular and so forth. And so I don't know yep. how he ended up being being Snoopy. But yeah, that was my border collie that uh, chewed up everything in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still my friend. Helping. I mean. Helping a bachelor decorate. What can you yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. So um, I gave my two weeks uh, notice there at the hospital in South Dakota and hit the road. Again, uh, set the scene, driving a 1961 Ford Falcon. Yeah. Uh, again, not really a vehicle designed to, to tow 
anything. Uh, was a little, it 13 foot? Um, well, not you asked. I said in the last conversation what it was. I think it was 13 and a half foot yeah. travel train. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so, um, but there's a little six cylinder engine. It's got to get us all the way across the country. So I took off and I enjoy driving. I enjoy riding. Uh, you get a lot of windshield time, which gives you a lot of time with basically you and the Lord, if you allow it. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, it was pretty obvious that God had opened up the doors. And so I'm feeling good about following God's will. All right. Uh, and yes, I'm on my way to Nashville, Tennessee, but I hadn't seen the folks for you know, a month or two now. And so um, let's just swing by Kalamazoo, <laughs> Michigan. I mean, it's 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 sort of on the way to Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. right? I mean, uh, yeah. And, yeah, let's let's get out a map and see how on the way that is. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I hadn't seen folks for you know, a couple months. And so, yeah, it's time to see them again and get them caught up as to here's what I'm doing and here's where I'm headed. And, and uh, they're going to be excited for me. I just know it because yeah. why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Dumb kid. Um, here we are just a few months removed from when you left South Dakota the first time. And that departure, you were kind of just along for the ride. It wasn't your choice. It's not something you look forward to. And landing in Michigan was not where you wanted to be. So you go back to South Dakota and now you're ready to leave. Oh, yeah. And and that it sounds to me like that's in kind of response to following God's direction for your life. Like you feel like, like you said, the doors are open and that completely changed your perspective on staying or leaving Rapid City? I mean, being realistic, you got to know that as the weather starts getting cooler, it's just a matter of time until it's going to be freezing. It's going to be below freezing. The roads are going to be covered with white stuff. And this trailer was not designed to live in in South Dakota winters. And so if you're looking for God's will, if you're going to stay in that trailer, it's got to be somewhere where it's warmer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to be too smart to figure out God's will at this point. (laughs) You have to be willing to hitch that thing up and head south. Yep. Or east, as the case may be. (laughs) (laughs) So things are going great. You know, me and the dog and we're making our way across South Dakota um, cut across just the top corner of, um, what is that? Minnesota. And then mm-hmm. drop down into Iowa and go straight across the Northern part of Iowa and, and things are going okay. But the closer we got to Illinois, it was kind of obvious that maybe things weren't going exactly the way I, that they should, because I noticed every time I stopped to get gas, I, my dad always said, when you get gas, that's a good time to check the oil. So I always did. And when I checked the oil, it was down a little bit. Okay, so you buy a quart of oil at the gas station and you put half of it in. And okay, next time I stopped to get gas, I checked the oil and it's down about a quart. Okay, so you fill it up. And the next time I stopped to get gas, it's hardly reading on the dipstick. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, fill it up with oil and check the gas. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> That poor little uh, six-cylinder engine on that Falcon was working hard to pull that trailer. And like I said, it really wasn't designed for that. And and the engine, it didn't quit. (laughs) All right. Because I would stop in between gas stations. You know, I don't really need gas, but I better stop and check the oil. And sure enough, I'd have to add more oil. And so I knew that that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I made made it to Kalamazoo, Michigan. I pull in there. And it's a weekday and it's late afternoon. And I pull in the driveway and shut the thing off. Dad's at work. Now he had come to Michigan. He had retired from the military, but 
He figured the age he was, well, I guess he'd probably what, 40, 41 or 42, somewhere around, early 40s anyway. He figured he could do another career. So dad's at work when I get there. Well, my mom always had supper ready for dad as soon as he walked in the door. Okay, so, you know, mom's thrilled to death to see me and everything. And so, you know, happy reunion time and sitting around, mom's fixing supper and we're waiting for dad to get there. And sure enough, dad walks in. I mean, it's hugs and, and tears. And I mean, this is, you know, the prodigal son has come home. Yeah. Well, he's just passing through, just passing through. That's all. <laughs> anyway, so let's, let's go ahead and sit down at supper. I mean, it's ready to put on the table. So we sit down and eat. And of course, uh, dad wants to know, so how'd your trip go? Oh, went great. Huh? Car running okay? Well, yeah, um, I guess. It, it started using a little oil you know, just on the other side of Chicago, but... Uh, no, got here just fine. He said, well, after we finish uh, supper, let's go out and take a look at it. Oh, my, how I wished we had cell phones back then with cameras. Because I still have that um, next event recorded in my mind, but it's hard to share it with anybody else. But it was wonderful. <laughs> after we eat, we go out and uh, you know, dad says, well, pop the hood. Okay, so I pop the hood. He sticks his head under. Says, okay, go ahead and fire it up. So I turn the key and it started. And it no sooner started. And that's where I wished I had the video game. My dad jumped back and he's yelling, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. <laughs> right. So, so I did. He's like, I can't believe you made it this far. And that engine is shot. Wow. Yep. It was like, I kind of thought maybe, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this confirmed yeah. it. <laughs> right, right. Um, I found out later uh, after dad passed away what his duties were when he was in World War II. He was the engineer on a crew on a b 24. And the responsibilities of the engineer is to keep the plane flying. Yep. That means you got to be a mechanic, you got to be an electrician, you got to know hydraulics, you got to, and he did. And he had always worked on our cars and kept them going. He had rebuilt engines of cars that we had, you know, growing up as a kid and everything. So he was a great mechanic. Yeah. He had worked at uh, Firestone garage as uh, one of their mechanics uh, and so forth. But anyway, so he's a great mechanic. And so when he says, you know, shut it off, shut it off. <laughs> yeah. He knows there's something serious going on with this. Yep. He had an expert and, opinion. <laughs> yeah. So he says, well, you will never make it to Nashville, Tennessee. He says, we've got to rebuild this engine. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it wasn't a surprise. So where's that money going to come? Right. We got to rebuild an engine. Now, uh, I guess they're probably still around, but uh, at least back then there was this place called JC Whit oh, yeah. Whitney and they had a catalog of car parts and if you wanted to build your own car i think you could order everything that would be needed from jc yep. whitney <laughs> yep and it was all mail order uh anyway so dad of course had a jc whitney catalog and he gets that out and he looks for you know the, the rebuild kit for this particular engine and okay we got to order it. Well, i had enough money in my pocket that i figured i could get to nashville tennessee Mm -hmm. And I got a job waiting for me when I get there and I'm carrying my home with me. So I got a place to live, but I don't have money to rebuild an engine. That's for sure. Right. So it's kind of like, okay, uh, the car's not going to make it. And so getting to Nashville right now is that's not going to happen. The right. only option I have is to spend the money to rebuild the engine. But that means once the engine's rebuilt, I don't have money to get to Nashville. Now, I do have a job waiting for me. There's no particular time that I have to report in. It's just whenever I get there. So it looks like it's going to be delayed. Well, dad's working at Brown Cape, Brown Paper Company, and they're hiring. <laughs> and so he says, well, you know, why don't you come down where I'm working? And, uh, and I remember he showed me one of his pay stubs. It was amazing the amount of money that my dad was making at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was unheard of. And dad had never showed me his pay stub ever before. I had no <laughs> idea what he ever made. Yep. But he showed me and he says, 
you can make this kind of money too. He showed me a paycheck where he was clearing after taxes. He was clearing a hundred dollars a week. Oh boy. Yes. Which was unheard of. I mean, that was good wages for anybody yeah. back then. All right. <laughs> and I can make yep. that, that kind of money. Well, my, that's a whole lot more money than I was making at the hospital. And so, uh, Hey, all I got to do is work there long enough to get money to make it to Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Yep. So I hired in and I don't remember if I got paid as much as dad did, but I do remember I had a job that I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all got to have those jobs sooner or later. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. It's a paper company. And uh, there was a lot of paper companies in the Kalamazoo area at that time, but they made paper and yep. paper is being shipped out on semis. I mean, every single day, it's just the loading dock is just loaded. I don't, someone's got to load the, semis and oh if it's not going out in a truck then it's going out in a boxcar on a train mm -hmm. well first of all the semi has to be swept out or the boxcar has to be swept out <laughs> and those boxcars were used for who knows what before they showed up at our place <laughs> sure. paper factory, <laughs> and they are dirty i mean some of them i'm sure had cattle in and everything else. i mean it was a oh, mess yeah. and i don't care what the weather is outside it's hot in those things <laughs> and so i'm cleaning them out and then they got to be loaded. And so they're bringing pallets in of paper in boxes. And, but the whole pallet can't just go on the, in the box car. It has to come off the pallet and all these boxes get stacked floor to ceiling. Oh boy. And you kind of build yourself a pyramid, you know, so yeah. you can walk all the way up to the top of the box car. Yep. Meanwhile, hauling boxes <laughs> of paper up there. I, I had a similar job in high school with bailing hay and stacking yes. it in a barn. Yeah. Sounds about like that. <laughs> and and those things are good because that way you know what you don't want to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's best to get those out of the way when you're young. <laughs> yes. All right. So, all right. Now I've got a job. Uh, we're rebuilding the car engine. And so, you know, things are, are falling into place. It's, oh my, it's almost Thanksgiving. I can't leave before Thanksgiving. You know, and right after that's going to be Christmas. <laughs> and you don't want to leave home at that time. And Oh, I've started going to church with mom and dad. I mean, they found a church as soon as they moved to Michigan. So I'm going to church with them. Oh, there's a gal at church we want you to meet. She's studying to be a nurse. Hey, I've been working in the hospital, right? Yeah. This, this gal got out of high school and she's going to nurses school right there in Kalamazoo. And so we want you to meet her. <laughs> there's something about churches, you know, um, hatched, matched, and dispatched. Uh, <laughs> you grow up I don't in the church. I think I've ever heard that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you raise your kids in the church. They'll meet somebody from the church. They'll get married, you know, and live happily ever after. So yeah, it's sure. hatched, hatched, matched, and dispatched. Well, there you go. I didn't grow up in this church, but it's time for some matchmaking, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Mom and dad are looking out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not only that, but hey, maybe that'll keep the kid around a little longer and he won't right. run off doing something stupid like going to Nashville, Tennessee in the middle of winter. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, wouldn't you know what the youth group or are getting together for a meeting and I'm invited. And so I show up and of course I get introduced to this gal and, and so forth. And I mean, everybody's excited about this because you know, here's the orderly and this nurse, you know, I mean, you know, it's, right. that's pretty How obvious. obvious could it be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you really don't have to look for God's will. It's just right there in front of you. Right. 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 And she's a great gal and we're still friends to this day. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm not real sure where this relationship is going. I'm not sure where I want it to go. I'm not sure where she wants it to go. And I'm just passing through. Right. 
So I don't want anything to get too serious because I'm on my way to Tennessee. Yeah. And you're young. Yeah. And so, so we dated, but it's kind of more just for fun. At least that's what I'm thinking because I'm just passing through. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons that um, dad moved to Michigan, wanted to come. Yeah. He was still young, figured he could do another career. But also from Kalamazoo, right straight up the road is this place called Grand Rapids. And they have a, a Bible college. And the pastor out in South Dakota had recommended it. You know, if, if you move back to Michigan, that'd be a good college for Sheldon to go to. Yep. And dad figured that his retirement from the Air Force would basically pay for my college. And so Thanksgiving comes and Christmas comes. But mom and dad are planting these seeds that, you know, there's a Bible college right up here in Grand Rapids. You could probably even live here at home while you're a student and, you know, drive back and forth. Your car's running great and, and so forth. And and it really wouldn't cost you because we got the money to, to pay for you to go to college. I mean, that's really why we moved here. And Right. Think back in history, what's going on in the world? Yeah. In late 60s. Yeah. Vietnam War is going strong. Yeah. Every guy that gets out of high school that does not go to college does get drafted. Yep. And we had the draft then. We didn't have the, the lottery thing where you had a number or anything. No, it was the draft. And if you weren't in college, you did get drafted. And if you did get drafted, you would be in the army and you would be in Vietnam on the ground and a real good chance you wouldn't be coming back. Yep. I mean, there was thousands of guys that lost their lives and people can say whatever they want about the war good, bad, or otherwise, doesn't change the fact that we were there. And you know, whether we should have been or not, that's debatable. But we were there, and we did lose a lot of guys. And so if you weren't in college, that's where you were headed. And I was not in college, and so I'm getting notifications from Uncle Sam. And, okay, so I got the letter that I needed to report for my induction physical in Detroit. Well, that doesn't mean you're drafted yet. That just means that you have to pass the physical. <laughs> yep. But passing the physical is... Uh, can you breathe? Right. Yeah. Okay. You passed. You're in. <laughs> yeah. You're headed to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. The draft didn't exist because they were had a flood of applicants. <laughs> no. No. And so I went to Detroit and I took my physical and passed. Um, but there's still this college right up the road. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to get drafted either. And so I was like, oh, now what do you do? Yeah. I mean, going to Nashville, that's not going to get you out of the draft. Yep. So that's kind of... Not in my future. Dating a girl, but I don't know where my own future is going. I'm not. All right. So, okay. I'll go to college. All right, yeah. I'll go to college. Uh, that means I'll probably have to try to get a, a college deferment. <sighs> I don't even know how to do that. I don't want to do that. Maybe the college reports the, to the military that you're going and you don't have to do anything. They just get notified and I'll never hear from them again. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So I starting pull that off in 2022. <laughs> yeah. So starting second semester, I'm enrolled in Bible college. I don't highly recommend starting college second semester. <laughs> I was dumb enough to do that twice. All right. Yeah, this is the first time. I will do that Round again one. later on in the story. Yeah. 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 So January, uh, here I am at, at college. I don't want to be there. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned in one of the other chats that we had, but I was so sure that college was not in my future that I never did take any college entrance exams or SATs or anything like that. I mean, that would be a total waste of time. Sure. You know, if you're not going to go, I think I learned something. Maybe it's changed, but I think colleges kind of exist because they have students, because students pay for the professors and they pay for the facilities and they pay for, you know, and so if you don't have students that are paying, you can't have a college. So if you got somebody that that says they want to be there, 
and they've got the money, then who cares if they took the SAT or anything else? Yeah, take their money and admit them as a student. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if that's the way it really works, but that's kind of the impression that I got. Right. Because I'm, I'm thinking, man, if they really knew, <laughs> I am not really college <laughs> <laughs> material, <laughs> but I'm here. And uh, like I said, I didn't want to be. And I get another letter from Uncle Sam saying that on such and such a date, I'm going to have to report active duty. Okay, so now I'm at a, a crossroads again. I either going to fight it or drop out. And the college, at least then, I'm sure they still have a dropout period. Now, if you drop out before X amount of time, you get a little bit of money back. Yep. Not all of it, but some. And I'm thinking, I, I might as well just drop out now and get dad some of his money back because if I stay here, I'm going to get drafted and He's going to lose all the money. Mm -hmm. So I became a college dropout. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't been there a month yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, probably the worst month of it all, too, is first part of second semester. That's a cold, long drive between Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids. And everybody else has already been students there. They know the drill. You know, you're coming yep. in, don't know anything. And I was staying in the dorm. And okay. uh, there was three of us in the room. And that dorm is still there today. And uh, I don't know, but I might be able to take you to the room. <laughs> but there was uh, three of us in the room, myself and another college student and a seminary student. And I talked with that seminary student about the situation I was in. And he's the man that I think, I know we've, we talked about this in an earlier session, but he's the guy that told me those three things that God uses mm. to direct your life. Yeah. And so maybe that was the real reason that I was there. It was only for a short time, but I learned God uses his word. God uses other people and God uses your interests and abilities, the things that he's gifted you. I learned that in that short yeah. time at college and that's proved to be very valuable every since. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's clear how that's shaped, shaped your life and many lives for that matter. And I'm guessing it's probably the only thing you really learned at school in a month. <laughs> so to have something that sticks with you for the rest of your life, that's pretty powerful. Isn't it though? I don't know what, the, how much money dad lost on that deal, but I learned something. So. <laughs> yep. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Oh so you, you, you dropped out and it feels like you're at another crossroads in your own life. And so I'm guessing this is the, the cold winter of 68. Yes. Yep. yep. All right. We're down to the somewhere towards the end of January of 68. Yep. And you dropped because you had to report for, for something. What, what did that? Yeah. Walk us through the, this next bit. All right. So I don't have to report for active duty in the army for a while. I forget what the time period was, but it was a few weeks down the road. In other words, they're giving you some time to say goodbye to everybody because it's going to be goodbye forever, yeah. most likely. Anyway, so uh, so now what am I going to do? So wait, if you enlist in you know, the Air Force, the the, the Navy, or you know, if you if you're already in, they can't draft you. Okay. Okay. So so if I don't want to get drafted in the army and go straight to Vietnam, um, I just need to get in the military. And so, hey, dad was in the Air Force. And so I went to the Air Force recruiter and I says, hey, I want to join the Air Force. And he says, yeah, you and everybody else. <laughs> he says, we don't have any openings. You know, um, we, we've got everything filled that we need. Hmm. Well, bum. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, the Navy. Yeah, the Navy guy. He's he's in the same building or just down the hallway. So I go to the Navy guy and I want to join the Navy and see the world. And he says, you and everybody else. Bum. Yep. Now, 
no one's ever really accused me of being intelligent, but I was smart enough not to go to the Marines. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, they seem to always have openings. Right. And um, yeah. yeah, if you got drafted, you're probably going to either be in the Army or the Marines, but they were both crying for people. Sure. So I did not go to the Marine recruiter. And to this day, I do not know why I didn't go to the Coast Guard. Hmm. They would have been full too. <laughs> Probably, but I don't know that. So that's yeah. always kind of been in the back of my mind. I wonder if. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't do that. So, uh, but the military does give you an aptitude test and they, it's, they drill you on all kinds of things. At least they did back then. I like to think they still, but bottom line is they end up with four really broad categories that if you score high enough in then we'll put you in something hopefully that you're good at. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they have these four categories. Well, when I took that test, I had scored high enough in all four categories that if there would have been an opening in the Air Force, let's say, I could have fulfilled that opening because I qualify yeah. in all four categories, but they don't have any openings. Okay. So now there's really nothing to do except bide my time until I have to report. I'm not just going to sit around. I got to do something. And so I went to a temp agency and you, know, you sit there and they announced, hey, we got a opening for such and such, you know, if you want it, you know, it pays X amount of dollars and you'll probably get uh, five hours today. Anybody want it? Hmm. And if you don't take it, you hope another job comes in. Okay, we got a call from so-and-so and they pay this much and you might get three hours today. Anybody want it? <laughs> wow. I'm thinking I should have taken the first one. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I did that for a few days and got some really nasty jobs. I mean, these were jobs that had to be done and nobody wants to sign up to do that full time. So they're just hiring temp people to come in. And anyway, so like I said, some nasty jobs, but my aunt, who is still living in Kalamazoo, my mom's twin sister, says, we'd like some painting done at our house. We'll pay you. <laughs> I'm thinking painting inside a house. Yeah. How bad can that be? <laughs> How bad can it be? It's got to be better than a boxcar, right? Yes. Car. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and, so you, that's, and and you won't know this, but my dad is never really liked painting. So maybe <laughs> this is where it, it comes from. <laughs> maybe we get a little insight into this. It's not really a, a job where a colorblind guy is qualified. Okay. <laughs> I'm usually okay on the first coat as long as it's a contrast from what was underneath of it. But by the time it gets to the second coat, I don't know what I painted and what I haven't. Sure. Well, anyway, so here I am at, at my aunt's house, and this is going to be a several-day job, you know, so, man, I don't have to go down to the temp place anymore. And so here I am painting at her house, and she comes down the hallway and says, uh, uh, Sheldon, you got a phone call. Hmm. What do you mean a phone call? Nobody knows I'm here. Right. Well, except mom and dad. I mean, they, they know where I'm at, but otherwise, there's nobody knows where I'm at. And so I go to the phone, and it's the Air Force recruiter. He had called the house number for where my folks were. And they said, well, he's not here, but let me give you a number where he's at. Yeah. So the Air Force recruiter's on the phone. And if I remember correct, this is a fright. He says, I've got an opening as an aircraft mechanic. If you <laughs> want it, it's yours. But if you take it, you leave Monday. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I didn't have to think about it. Right. Because I always wanted to be an aircraft mechanic. <laughs> Yeah, just or not. always wanted to be, always wanted to be. <laughs> but I'd rather be in, to not be in the army. <laughs> yes, that's what I really, yeah. And so if I have a chance of being an aircraft mechanic for four years or getting drafted in the army for two. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So I said, I'll take it. He says, well, if you're going to take it, you got to get down to my office and sign the papers before I leave. All right. And so basically it's 
okay, I'll, I'll uh, clean out the the roller and the brush when I get back. <laughs> yep. Yep. It can wait. <laughs> yeah, it can wait. So sure enough, I run down and uh, uh, sign the papers to spend the next four years of my life in the Air Force as an aircraft mechanic. Yep. I so wished I remember that recruiter's name. I so wish that years ago I would have looked him up and thanked him because he told me something that day that he would not have had to have told me, but because he did, it absolutely changed the course of my life for for several years, hmm. not just military. Uh, he knew my history of working in the hospital, and I told him, you know, that's what I'd like to do in the in the Air Force. But remember, he had said we don't have any openings. The only opening he had was for aircraft. Yep. But before I left, he said, uh, Sheldon, let me tell you something. He says, you're going to be headed to Lackland Air Force Base for basic training. You're going to be there for six weeks. He says, at some point during that six weeks time, there'll be an announcement made that anyone that wants to take a bypass test can do so. He says, listen for that announcement. He says, tell them that you want to take the bypass test. So in my case, work in the operators. That's where I really wanted to be in the hospital in South Dakota had said that if the next time we have an opening in the operating room, we will train you and and you'll be able to work there. Yep. Now, I'd never been in an operating room. I had wheeled patients to the door, but I'd never <laughs> been in one, but I, I wanted to work in one. Yep. You know, and something inside just told me that I'd do okay with blood and guts. And so, yeah, I want to be in there. Yep. So he said, listen for the announcement. He says, I'll tell you this. There's only one way to not end up being an aircraft mechanic. He says, you have to pass that test. He says, if you pass the test, then you will be whatever it is you tested for. Hmm. But if you do not pass the test, then you will be an aircraft mechanic. Yep. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> yep. I'm listening for the next six weeks <laughs> because I know that there's going to be an announcement. <laughs> yep. And I've yep. got to say yes when I I want to take the test. And that's probably yeah. a real good place for us to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm on my way to Texas, man. <laughs> In Texas. Now, I, I got to ask though, did you spend like, Saturday and Sunday, getting the download from your dad about everything he knows about being a mechanic? <laughs> no, uh, I got the download from my dad about what basic training was going to be like. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, maybe that is better payoff in the long yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, I mean, he had been there, done that. Uh, yeah. So he pretty yeah. much knew the drill and, uh, oh yeah, you're going to be assigned to a drill sergeant. <laughs> yep. And yep. uh, it's not going to be an easy six weeks, but um, but all you got to do is get through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they can't kill you. Well, yep. okay, there's guys <laughs> that do die during that time. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you just got to get through the six weeks. You know, just do what they tell you and don't ask any questions. Yep. Yeah. It's, it is easy to forget how close in time it was between your dad going into basic training and you going into basic training for two very different wars and two like very different moments in American history. But uh, I mean, I'm in my forties, like the, roughly the age of your dad, giving you coaching advice about going into war. That's, yeah. that's just wild to think about. Yeah. So and he's, it, and he's retired after 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he's basically your age, but. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So that it's easy to, easy to forget about that. The world was just such a, in a volatile state. And yeah, I guess it maybe brings you back to that, that coaching from your seminary friend, uh, not only did your gifting, your interests being, you know, things like the operating room weren't off-putting and a little bit of advice and direction from someone in your life, just giving you what to look out for and what a huge difference that's, that's made. And it's also interesting when you look at how much time does it take for God to maybe change direction of the path you think you're on? Yeah. I mean, let's face it up until Christmas, I'm still 
kind of thinking I'm headed to Tennessee. But yet here in a matter of six weeks at the most, my whole life for the next four years has been determined for me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So God can use other things and other events in our life to to make some pretty drastic changes in a relatively short amount of time. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Well, one could one could speculate what what could have been or would have been had you not gone east instead of just gone straight south to Tennessee. One, your car probably wouldn't have made it. (laughs) <laughs> through the mountains <laughs> but uh but two just the the fact that you know you're with your parents they guided you to school and that little buffer that little window of time was enough for you to figure out how you wanted to proceed and what a huge difference that made yeah. all part of uh, the breadcrumb trail i guess you know I mean, you look back and see you know yeah this kind of led to that which led to this which put me there at this time <laughs> which yeah, you know, you start connecting the dots and you can see you know, how God's been leading. Like I yep. said, not maybe not necessarily the way you, you thought it was going to be, but nevertheless, uh, if you're sincere about wanting to follow God's yep. will, he will direct that path. <laughs> he'll close doors, he'll open doors, he'll yep. have engines burning oil instead of gas or whatever, you know, whatever it yep. takes. Yeah. yeah. You know, he is in control and can get our attention and change our path. Yep. And it reminds me from a couple conversations ago about just being willing to be in motion, steering a parked car is next to impossible, but kept it in motion. Even if that, that those sites set on Tennessee still moving. So Nashville, Tennessee, don't forget that. (laughs) You're right. Because we will come back to that. Sounds good. That sounds, (laughs) that sounds great. Well, let's uh, put a pin in this one and um, see what the transpires over the course of a weekend and what happens on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's fun chatting with you, and yeah, we'll catch everybody fun. on the on the next one. Yeah, this is Grandpa Wisely. You know, some of the best sermons are lived, not preached.